You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Welcome to Imani State of Mind. If you're looking for a podcast to help get your mind right, laugh with some girlfriends, and learn something new, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Dr. Imani, and I truly believe taking care of your mind is just as important as taking care of your bodies. We are just two weeks into August, and I'm already trying to protect and preserve my peace, y'all. Like, what the hell is monkeypox? What is monkeypox? I mean, I know what it is, but that, listen... I've read some stories on monkeypox and I am terrified. Also, why is Brittany Griner still in jail over in Russia? I thought they did like a like a prisoner swap or something. Anyway, and Beyonce dropped the album. So thank God for that because I will readily admit I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan. But I mean, from what I heard, the album is really, really good. So I'm really actually excited for the rest of everybody and not me, who's not the biggest Beyonce fan. But in any case, before we get the show started, I want to do a mini check-in with my girl and favorite co-host, Meg. Meg, should we make Beyonce's Break My Soul our unofficial theme song or not? Girl, it's already mine, okay? You might just catch me walking down the street all of a sudden, you will break myself. <laughs> like, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I could be thinking about something. So, I mean, I'm down with it if you down with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm. You know what? I was I was kind of all up in the 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 mini drama last week when when uh, Khalees was like, um, Beyonce used my song um, and put my name on the credits, but I didn't get no credit. You know, I didn't get right, paid right. for the run, song or run whatever. Me my coins. Run right. Me my coins. So then I was like, okay. I went to go listen to the track, and I was like, well, I don't even hear the song Khalees is referencing, which was um. I forgot the name of the song, but it was the jam. But I was like, I don't hear yeah. this song in here at all. But I mean, what, what, whatever. I'm, I'm actually really happy that you know I can kind of share with everyone else as far as like you know being excited about Beyonce. Which is not to say it's not that I'm not a fan. I, I actually was a like huge fan. I think in her earlier career, but I think when she got into more kind of like ballads and stuff. I was like, I don't know. This isn't really like my thing. But I did love formation. Anyway, anyway, it's a new month and I'm actually really excited because it's August. It's for for some people, for some for some people in some places, it's kind of like this is like the last month of summer. Um, cause school will be starting back really soon. But also I have there's a slew of birthdays I have to get ready for. My mother's birthday. My boyfriend's birthday, they're like born days apart. My mother's having like her 70th birthday party and she is really threatening to just show, just, I mean, just show her entire, entire ass. But, you know, like, but look, I'm about to turn 50 in like how many years? Three years. So I'm kind of planning my 50th year birthday party too. But what, what's, what's going on with you? What, what, uh, do you have any goals for this month or anything that you want to work on or just looking forward to? Girl, I am working on my, I just had a very trying week. Uh, just very busy. 
a lot going on. This drained me mentally and emotionally. And so this month, I'm working on my joy and peace of mind. I am working on my body because actually, this is kind of sad. I'm going to Jamaica in a month. Nice. And I was like, well, maybe I should go ahead and start working on my my body. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can or can't. Right. You can. I mean, listen, there's no time like the present to get started, but. Right. Um, you know, like don't don't stress yourself out because you all. I mean, you gonna go there and eat anyway, right? Right. But that's how I was trying to be cute before. But you know what? I'm already cute, so that's why right. I'm trying to change my mentality. Like, who cares? Y'all gonna get these these rolls and these stretch marks. And I listen, just had a baby, y'all just gonna enjoy this, okay? <laughs> let me tell you, if if um, so, whenever the last time I went to Jamaica, it was my my best friend from med school's wedding, and this was maybe like six or seven years ago, and me and my friend. Uh, who got married, we're kind of on the slim side. One of our girlfriends from med school, she she is like, she's very curvy and like thick. And when I tell you, like when we stepped out with her, no one cared, like no one cared about like, you know, the skinny minis. They were all like, oh my God, like look at Miss Thickums. So don't lose too much because when you go over there, like that's really what they like. Like they want, they want thick, thick, thickums. That's what they want. Like they like, oh, are you hungry? You want some more to eat? Like that's what they're. For me, they were like, oh, so um, do you want like another piece of cocoa bread, or you want like another patty or something? I was like, well, I do, but I mean, you ain't got to say it like that. <laughs> you ain't got to say it like that. Um, <laughs> But in any case, have fun in Jamaica. I was thinking about going to Jamaica my damn self because I need to go somewhere, but I'm still too scared to get on planes right now. I'm not Girl, really. you already got the vid. You better go while this immunity is hot in your body, okay? I know, but I'm just like, oh, <laughs> there's other people there. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm, like, I'm like, I am like, I don't know. But in any case, look, last month was all about the relationships we have in our life. What are the people in our lives really saying about how we value or upkeep our mental health? I hope you really took a deep look into your own relationships to get your answers, because this month we are still going to keep it real, but we are evaluating the substance or the state of things as they actually exist. What is your reality? We've all been there where we create these fantasies in our head of how we think certain situations should go instead of trying to face the facts of how they really are. This month we're facing the facts so we learn how to deal, cope, and grow with the situations we are faced with. So without any further ado, let's get this show started. It's time for Ask Dr. Imani Anything. This is the part in the show where we get to hear from you. Ask us anything and we are ready to give you our professional and not so professional advice. Meg, who was our letter from today? Today, our letter is from Jordan and here's what she had to say. Dr. Imani and Meg, my boyfriend and I recently broke up after 11 years together. He was my high school sweetheart and the only one I really ever want to know. During the pandemic, we experienced the unthinkable and lost his mother to COVID. I tried to be there for him, but it seemed like no matter what I said or did, it wasn't good enough. I saw him changing before my eyes to a very dark person who began to isolate himself from me and my family. Watching him transform from the happy, full-of-life man I knew to this new, sad, and angry man has been heartbreaking. It's been two years now since his mother's passing, and he recently told me he needs some space and time to think about his life, so he doesn't want to be with me anymore. I've been so worried about him. I don't think I've actually processed her death for myself. I know he's grieving, but I'm confused on if I should really move on 
or if this breakup talk is just grief talking. I have a thousand questions racing in my head. How can I support him properly? Is his behavior signs of depression? And how long does this typically last? What are the signs of depression I should be looking for? Please help. Okay. All right, Jordan. Hi. Thank you for your letter. Listen, this letter really just hit home for me because not that I've lost anybody to COVID, thank God, but I know a lot of people have. I mean, millions of people have because millions of people have died from COVID. And this is a really just awesome letter just to kind of review uh, what the difference is between depression and grief and also what are the signs of depression. So, all right. So grief is a... I would, I'm not going to say this necessarily a disorder, but grief is what it sounds like. You're you're grieving the loss of a loved one, and grief can grief can look very similar to depression. Obviously, people can be very sad. People can be withdrawn or isolate. Uh, people can, you know, just just generally look like they're in a very just like bad state. Um, depression, however, is a mood disorder. It is a psychiatric disorder, and Depression has uh, various symptoms. And one of the ways that I always remember depression um, is a mnemonic, uh, which I learned way back in college. And I also used it during my uh, med school training and residency training. And it's uh, SIG ECAPS. So S I G E C A P S. So the first one is S, which is uh, suicidality. Does the person. Or, you know, whether it's yourself or someone else, um, is that person experiencing suicidal thoughts? Um, have they, in, in a little bit more deeper, have they actually thought about a plan to, as far as how they would like to end their life? Um, I is interests. Um, is the person losing uh, interest in their, you know, usual activities? Like does, so for Jordan, your boyfriend, like what, you know, what did he like to do? Did he like to go rock climbing, bicycling? Did he like to read a lot? Are these things that he's not doing as much because he's been consumed with grief to the point where it has turned into um, a state of depression? Uh, then there's G, which is guilt. Does the person, has the person been experiencing any feelings of guilt or shame? Uh, which is very common with people that have that have depression. E is energy. With depression, you're going to see a decrease in energy, a decrease in the person's normal state of functionality. Let's say, you know, they're 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 kind of like they may move kind of slow, or they just, you know, they just may be really really fatigued, or they may, you know, they may sleep a lot. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Then there's uh, C, which is concentration that this is kind of a subjective finding but i ask people like you know is it hard for you to concentrate like is it hard for you to stay focused um then there's a which is appetite um some people when they get depressed their appetite increases i know that when i get depressed my appetite decreases and it's it decreases the point where i like i have to kind of force myself to eat now p is interesting because p stands for psychomotor retardation or psychomotor agitation. Psychomotor meaning um, psyche, psycho is psyche, so mind, and then motor refers to actually like movement. So some people when they're depressed may, may say that they feel like they're walking through water, like they feel like the rest of the world is moving at a normal pace, but they're moving really slowly. Psychomotor agitation 
Um, I guess the quick and dirty way to kind of describe that is anxiety. Is the person experiencing anxiety? Are they nervous? Are they, you know, do they jump really easily? Um, Because anxiety and depression, even though they feel different, they really can go hand in hand. And I take medication. I take Prozac to treat my depression and anxiety. Um, And the last one, the last one is sleep. So when it comes to depression, some people such as myself experience hypersomnia, which is sleeping too much. Other people experience insomnia, which is not sleeping enough, or they have a really hard time falling asleep. So those are the symptoms of depression. Now, to go through your letter, Jordan, it sounds like he iso- your, your boyfriend isolated himself. Um, he became sad and angry. Um, it's been two years since his mother has passed. He said that he doesn't want to be with you anymore, which can be, which we can kind of maybe lump into isolation. Now, to answer your specific question, is his behavior signs of depression? Yes, it is. How long does this typically last? Depression can be diagnosed within two weeks. So if you have a certain number of symptoms that I described with the the SIGI CAPS mnemonic, um, if you have those symptoms for two weeks or longer, then you are depressed. And that's really important to know because a lot of people will basically wait for much longer than they need to. Because one, it's hard to subjectively tell if you're depressed sometimes, especially in the beginning, but also people will kind of, you know, let depression kind of sit and linger and fester a bit because they're, they lack motivation and they just are not able to really like just get things going. Um, so to answer your question, Jordan, yes, your, your boyfriend sounds very depressed, I would, I think the best way for you to support him is to, you know, if he wants to split up with you, you know, I, I would say, I'm not going to say let him go. I don't think that's the, those are the proper words for me to say, but I think that, you know, the best way to support him is just to tell him like, listen, if this is what you really want to do, I respect your decision. And if you need anything, like anything at all, just to reach out. And I would definitely make a strong suggestion to him that he seek help. It's been two years since his mother has passed away. Um, You know, the thing with COVID that's been really devastating for a lot of people is that when, in, in the very beginning, when people were dying from COVID, they actually couldn't visit their family members or their loved ones. And so when that person died, they couldn't actually be in the same room with them to even like, you know, look at the body or view the body. And it's more depressing. Exactly. Because there's not, there's no closure. Like there's not a lot of closure. And so your boyfriend, Jordan, may be kind of stuck in this, this loop of just feeling guilt because maybe he couldn't be there for his mother. Maybe he couldn't like be with her, you know, during her last moments. And he's just kind of stuck in this just depressive loop. So I would just say, you know, just, you know, like, please, please just do whatever you can to help him to understand that there is help out there. It doesn't necessarily mean that he has to take medication, but he definitely should talk to a therapist. But yeah, I definitely would say, Jordan, that uh, that your boyfriend is depressed. Yep. And I would also say, girl, don't take it out on yourself because I know sometimes as women, we try to be the fixers and we try to, you know, like... 
Mm-hmm. What can I do? But if if this is his journey, it's his journey. And unfortunately, as as much as you want to walk there hand in hand with him, sometimes you just have to support people from afar and just say, okay, I'm here for you, you know, and I'm not going to take it personal because it's easy to take it personal. Sure. It's been your boo for how many years? 11 yeah. years. 11 so years. To, yeah. You know, to be like, hey, fine. You don't want to be with me anymore. You know, I'm going to support you. So sometimes that's hard to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if that's mm-hmm. what he needs to heal, you got to give him that. Yeah. No, it's it's true. Yeah. So I would just say, I mean, Jordan, just, you know, keep your head up. Just, you know, try to be there for him, even if, you know, he wants to move on. You know, you guys can obviously still chat and talk. You guys have known each other for 11 years, obviously. So I doubt it's like, you know, don't ever talk to me again or anything like that. But, you know, just be there for him. And, um, you know, and if, if you are so inclined, you know, please write in and let us know how everything turns out because, um, cause you know, this is a really difficult issue to deal with, especially with COVID. And sometimes people, like I said, have lack of closure and it can just really be like a, like an unrelenting kind of a kind of depressive state. So, so thank you so much, Jordan, for submitting your question. And I really hope that me and Megan were able to help you. Today's question is a great segue into our deep dive topic for this week. Today, we're going to be talking about the realities of grief. This is a really big topic and it's not an easy one at that. In fact, for those of us who have experienced a very deep loss, reading the word grief might be enough to instantly put us in a funk. So no matter how you deal with grief, we can all agree that losing someone or something we love is an overwhelming part of life. I hope today we can start a conversation to find a way through this human experience together with empathy, understanding, and support. Why do we feel like our grief is something that no one else could possibly understand when loss is one of the few things that we all have in common? Hold that thought. Meg and I have so much we want to say about this topic after the break. We'll be right back. Imani's State of Mind is brought to you by ZocDoc. Before you book any brunch, you pour over lists and lists of reviews. So why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real, verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more, important than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. I use ZocDoc, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com Imani and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C doc.com slash Imani, zotdoc.com slash Imani. Imani's State of Mind is brought to you by parents. So I can't be the only one who cringes every time I look in the mirror and see a new wrinkle or crease starting to form on my face, right? Well, instead of cursing under my breath and continuing to slather my face with ineffective moisturizers, I decided to put on my research hat and do some homework. And that's when I found out about Cellular Hydration Serum by Parents. And let me just say, Cellular Hydration Serum is a total game changer when it comes to hydrating and rejuvenating your skin. It contains this wonderful Tremella mushroom extract that's even more effective at hydrating your skin than hyaluronic acid. 
Get its 100% organic and all natural. It fills in those fine lines and wrinkles, lightens those dark under eye circles, and restores that gorgeous dewy glow like you had when you were younger. And all it takes is a couple luxurious dabs each day. Cellular Hydration Serum is an absolute must-have for your skincare routine, especially if you want to nourish your skin with the highest quality all-natural ingredients. And as a listener of our show, you can try Cellular Hydration Serum risk-free today and get a free contouring facial massage roller with your first order. This facial roller will boost absorption and maximize your results. Go to Purence.com forward slash mind to learn more. That's P-U-R-E-A-N-C-E dot com forward slash M-I-N-D. Again, that's Purence.com forward slash mind to purchase cellular hydration serum and receive your free massage roller. Your skin deserves the best. Go to Purence.com forward slash mind to get started. Welcome back. I want to dive right into the topic of grief. Grief is one of those things that we all will experience at one point in our lives. It's multifaceted. And in a perfect world, we would be able to move through the stages of grief in an orderly and timely fashion. And at some point, just be done. However, this is not the reality of grief. Grief is complicated. It's hard and unpredictable. And unfortunately, it's something that we can never truly prepare ourselves for. Oh, okay. Grief. Now, I will tell a really quick story about, let me see, when, what year did I get pregnant? 2006. So in 2006, three of my four grandparents all died in like a, within a three month period. It was like January, wow. I think it was March and then April. And I was like, I'm not someone who really had ever gone. I think I'd been to one funeral in my life. And at, th- at that point, in 2006, I think I was like 29. I was tw- I was I was 29. I was about to be 30. And or I was 30, something like that. Anyway, I can't I can't do math today, but in any case, going to that many funerals and going to the funerals of my grandparents. And even though, I mean, they were old. Like it's not like, you know, they died because like an anvil fell on their head or, you know, right, like anything right, yeah. anything unexpected. They they were old and they they passed away, but I think For me, as someone who I didn't realize at the time that I was already depressed, all of that grief completely upended me. And um, I just was, I was just in a really just like low period. For the first time, I actually like, like it's like, this was really unheard of for me, but I called my job and I was like, yo, I need like a couple days, like a week, something. Cause I just, I was like, I can't, I can't push through this. I can't do this. And it was funny because I remember my supervisor was like, well, yeah, girl, like go take some time. And I was like, oh, you're not tripping. Like, oh my God. <laughs> right, like, right. cause I'm just so hard on myself about just like work and stuff like that. But, um, but, you know, it was, um, I, I will say this, do not do what I did, which was to, <laughs> I ended up getting pregnant, like pretty much like if my grandmother's funeral was in April, I got pregnant that month. I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. So don't do that. <laughs> don't. Wait, hold on. You, you got pregnant like right after her funeral or you were already yeah. pregnant? No, no, I got pregnant. I think like I think it was like the day before her funeral. 
And Wait, so was this like, like, this is like grief then? You're like, ah, sex with I didn't, you, dude? Like, no, no, it wasn't, like, it really wasn't okay. planned out like that. Like, there was okay. there was protection, like, every, like, like I had covered all my bases, but for, the, for whatever reason, um, I got pregnant. My mom was like, this is your grandmother trying to come back. And I was like, well, I don't know about all that, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what they say now. That's yeah. what they say. Yeah, I mean, I guess because people also say, like, death occurs in threes. So I think, you know, my grandmother was the, my mother's mother was the last person to, um, whose funeral I attended that year. And I was just like, ah, so I got pregnant and I'm sure, you know, that grief and my longstanding depression at that time fed into me having a prepartum depression, uh, that I had during my pregnancy, but, you know, don't go out and get pregnant. You know, don't, don't, don't take a plane and go, you know, go have sex with somebody and get pregnant like I did. Um, what you, what you can do, what you can do are, you know, basically a multitude of things. You know, you can definitely, you know, go out and, you know, talk to a friend, journal, like get it out of your body. Like don't do what I did and just not speak on it, not talk about it, push it down because it will pop up at the most unexpected times and, for me personally, it pops up b- with anxiety. Like that's that's what happens with me. But you know, just just to give like a you know a, a quick kind of like a quick primer, like you know, grief. We all know what grief is. It's an it's an emotional response to loss. And you know, even though I'm someone who can be a bit morbid at times, and I have been probably planning my funerals for the past like ten years. I just I just what? you know I just I don't for know real? like. I, yeah, like I, I'm like, okay, this is this is how I want it. Okay, so so it's gonna be like this. Like I'm, but basically, I'm gonna have like a little like a funeral where like you know if people want to cry, they can cry. But then I'm I'm gonna have an after party also. You know, so what? Like, I mean, that's not a bad idea. That does take some of the grief away for people because they don't have to like they know you and they know what you wanted. So it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about that. Part. Yeah, yeah, and that's also, good. I'm, good, I'm actually. yeah, I'm like y'all, I'm flying through the cosmos. Like I'm on a comet. Like I'm not even tripping right now. Like <laughs> right, right. I, I'm, Earth I'm is getting... ghetto. You left, girl. You good? Like, <laughs> I'm like Earth you is like out of here. <laughs> l- listen, I'm like I'm I'm like sailing past black holes. I'm out here doing things. I'm visiting other planets, bitch. Like I'm out here. Um, uh, but but I also know the funerals are for the living. So I just wanted, I mean, I've, I legit want an after party. Like I literally have on Spotify, I have a playlist. Like it's my funeral playlist. Stop, um, you already, you are, no, I'm you already have that. Yeah. Cause I, I really like, I really want it. I'm like, listen, you can come to like the first part <laughs> if you want and, you know, pay your respects. Like, cause I want to be respectful of the fact that other people are used to going to funerals and being sad. Because first I was right, like, right. nobody can cry. Nobody. But now I'm like, okay, Imani, like, yeah. that's stupid. Like, you people are going to be kind of sad. You know, I hope yeah. <laughs> that, I'm, yeah. that I'm going. But also people know my personality, which is a very goofy, you know, yeah. just like giggly person. So I'm just like, yeah, like, let's, like, let's party. Like, we finna party. Like, let's, let's do this. So my funeral planning aside, you know, I know that not everybody... <laughs> Is into that, but I, one of the things I do want to touch on um, is that when it comes to grief, there are various stages. Um, I always remember it again with the mnemonic uh, DABDA, which is uh, like D A B D A. So it's denial, then anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, I want wait before you go on. I was gonna say this, girl. You better learn how to spell your mnemonics because you put an extra B or extra D somewhere. Did I? Like, wait, well, no, no, D-A- not you. I'm saying, I'm saying, I would like, I gotta like, 
I oh, wouldn't. Oh. I would mess this up. I'd be like, wait, what is? How do you spell the mnemonic? Is it D- two B's D- or one? D A B as in boy, and then D as in dog, and then A. <laughs> so dab. Right, girl. Good. Okay, dab. Because I don't. I probably spelled that like wrong. dab. Okay. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I remembered it. But but um but it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, they these do not have to go in in a in, in successive order. So you can be in denial, you can get to bargaining and then go back to denial. You can even okay. go to acceptance and go back to anger. Like it doesn't it doesn't flow in a linear fashion. So okay. there are stages of grief. You know, we generally all go through with them. Listen, some people some people just stay in denial. And, you know, that means they have a lot of work to do. But, you know, at the other at at the on the other side of grief is acceptance, which really, you know, I'm I'm a big nerd. I watch a lot of Marvel. I watch Same. a lot of Marvel things. And there was something that Vision said to to Wanda in the did you watch um did you watch a WandaVision? Yes, I did. I loved it. Okay, so there was something that Vision said to Wanda, and it just touched me. I was just like, oh my God, that is like, whoever wrote that line, like, you are killing it as a writer. So, you know, this is very short. Wanda Vision is a story of Wanda, who is uh, Wanda Maximoff. She is the Red Witch in the Marvel comics and she goes through some grief because her, her boo vision, who's like half Android, half human, he ends up dying. Um, This is at the end of uh, one of the Avengers movies. And so she just, she's just completely beset with grief. And he tells her at one point and girl, okay, this is when, remember when they were making those memes about vision and he had like the little mock neck and they was, Uh putting little chains on him and stuff because I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Vision do kind of look like Tommy from Martin <laughs> though. Like I was like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, something that Vision said in his little Tommy um, from Martin outfit is he said to her, "What is grief if not love persevering?" And I was like, oh, that, I was like, oh, that's, that's true. true. I was like, that's true. That's I was like. I was like, look at you, uh, Black Vision. I was like, you. I was like, you just be coming with the, you coming with the fire words today. So, um, <laughs> so, so I would say, you know, when we talked a little bit about funerals, and and I said that funerals are really for the living. And honestly, you know, one of the ways to cope with grief is to, you know, ha- take some time and honor the person that you're missing, honor the person that passed away. It can be very difficult, especially if you have, you know, especially if it's somebody you know. Listen, even if it's somebody you don't know, like, yeah. let me tell, like, when Prince died, girl, I lost my entire mind. I don't even really mm. talk about it anymore. I was just so, Aww. I was so, I was so sad. I was just like, oh my god, like, what is like? To That's the point, how it was with Kobe when yeah. Kobe died. Yeah. A lot of people were really upset when Kobe Bryant died, um, especially the way that he died. When Chadwick Boseman passed away, I definitely, like, because it it was, I mean, it was just so noble. Like, he strategically placed himself in movies knowing that these were going to be the testaments of, you know, to his career and also to him as a person. And the fact that he chose to play, like, 
you know, James Brown and he chose to play T'Challa and, and did all that with, with colon cancer. I was like, oh my God. Like, right. I mean, it was, I mean, I was like, listen, if, if I, if I can pull this, this, um, epics, um, funeral playlist off, I mean, that's a quarter of what Chadwick Boseman was able to do. Like he really strategically thought out like, okay, I know that I'm dying, you know, let me, let me do it like this. Um, so, you know, there's there definitely is grief that you can experience if it's somebody that you yourself know personally. But also, you know, when it comes to like grieving like as a community, because we do have a lot of reminders of the yeah. of the person that we love so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know what? I was gonna say something else about that because sometimes it's not always the death of a physical person. Sometimes it's the death of your dreams or what you thought something should have been. Whether it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, the loss of a career, the loss the physical loss of somebody. And I think the one thing that I've learned about grief in my own life is like to allow myself to feel it and not to think you're weak because you feel it. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're like, oh, I'm still like sad about that. Or I thought I was past that. And then something happens, you see something and, you know, it reminds you of, of what you were, what you thought you were supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now I'm back in, I'm back in the DABDA stages. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Circling back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, um, there's, you know, when, when COVID first started and I mean, when it, like when COVID first dropped. Right. I was like, oh, this is interesting because there really weren't a lot of like black folks, people of color, you know, it wasn't being reported at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, like maybe we'll, you know, like me being delusional, maybe we'll come on, you know, get out of COVID scot-free and it won't really hit our communities very hard. But we all know that when it comes to, you know, really serious epidemics with this pandemic, um, we are going to be hit the hardest. And I thought about the doctors, like the first responders, the doctors, especially like, like I used to be a resident and how, like how terrifying it would be to have to go into work knowing that you're putting yourself at risk. I remember back then there were shortages of of masks and people had to keep re-wearing the same mask. And we didn't know as much as we know about COVID right now. And then I thought about like, you know, all the, you know, people of color, all the black folks out there who were, you know, on the front lines and, you know, treating patients. And like, I, I could not, I seriously could not ever imagine anything like that. Um, I definitely, you know, started to watch trends as far as, um, as far as like black folks dying, because when it comes to black folks and grief, first of all, we already have a bit of a disposition towards holding a lot like we in in a, in a lot of circumstances i would say more yeah. often than not especially if you live in the united states as a black person you know why you're here meaning you know that slavery at was is is a part of your ancestry and it doesn't mean that that's all that we are like we're not just you know the children of slaves but I remember being a kid and learning about slavery and like literally it taking me like a full day. I kept going up to my parents like, okay, so hold up. So what you saying is 
Like explain right, this to me. Right. Like explain this to me right. again. Because I don't I'm like, I don't understand like what like did you say chains? Like what are you talking about? So yeah. we hold this place in our psyche, in our bodies, even for the grief of our ancestors. And then when you add on to it the fact that we are more susceptible to dying earlier, dying in childbirth, dying earlier, because listen, I don't know about you, Megan, but like there are, I'm okay. So I'm 46 and I would say once I hit like 40, everybody, like all my friends, like started being on like Lipitor and I mean black folks, Lipitor, like medication for high blood pressure, medication for high cholesterol. Some of it is familial, but some of it is just the stress of being black in this country. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I remember in 2020 when, when George Floyd occurred and there was, there was all this stuff going on. Like I literally be, I remember being like, I can't work right now. Like there's too much going on and I can't, I mean, COVID is one thing, but you know, once we started dealing with like, just, you know, seeing a, a cop kill George Floyd in real time, I was like, okay, you know what? As a black person, like, this is my time out. Like, and I think we collectively, I think we definitely collectively did that. Yeah. But you know, I I mean, as just as a people, we haven't, you want to, if you want to go all the way back, if you take it to slavery in this country, when, when were black people allowed to grieve? Yeah. You know, if you're a woman and your, your husband is sold to somebody else, your children are sold you got to go to work. You don't get a day off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's like almost ingrained in our DNA where it's like, oh, you don't get to process what happened to you. You just got to keep going. And I think we look at the processing and taking the moment of like, no, I need this time. It's almost like a weakness, but it's like, we need that. We're mm-hmm. human. It doesn't matter that we're black. We're human, which means we have emotions, which means we need the space to grieve. We need the space to get better. Yeah. Know? Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, if for any of you guys out there who may be experiencing grief, like I'll just say really quickly that when it comes to my my mental health, like the issues that I've had with my mental health, yes, I felt sad, but a lot of it has been physical. A lot of it has been fatigue, um, muscle aches, joint pain, having headaches, being dizzy. And some people do experience these same types, like those same types of symptoms when they are grieving. So in the past few years, there actually has been um, a push and it has been recognized as prolonged grief disorder. And this is a medical condition where grief symptoms last longer than 12 months. So grief and depression can look very similar. I would say that as a, as a uh, mental health professional, you would pretty much treat them the same. Um, some people, you know, they, what, what they're, they're, let's say that they're precipitating factor, the, the factor that actually led them to, ex- to start experiencing um, prolonged grief, which can, like I said, really look sim- very similar to depression, may have been the death of a loved one. You know, sometimes it can be other things, but, but prolonged grief is for 12 months and you do treat them the same, which is why with our listener letter, I was saying to Jordan, like, you know, even if he broke up with you, like tell your boyfriend, tell your ex-boyfriend to go get help because um, it's it's really important and it can drastically make a difference. I'm telling you, I'm just like, if, yeah. if, if you will, if, if, if any of you guys listening out here doesn't hear anything else come out of my mouth on this episode, as somebody who was really averse to medication, I'm just saying- 
like for me, it made the difference between night and day. Like I am just like a different person. Girl, you got me wanting to be like, can somebody just prescribe me something just in case? Like, (laughs) (laughs) which is completely how opposite of how it used to be. Now I'm just like, is there anything wrong with me? Give me something, you know? Right. Yeah. No, for real. No, absolutely. I, um, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough about actually like getting the mental health help that I needed. So, you know, I, I hope that for anybody listening out there that, you know, us discussing grief and us discussing depression and how they can overlap, but more importantly, grief and how we as Black folks definitely have a tendency to hold on to our grief for longer. It's just very important that we collectively, like, I definitely would say that we as Black folks, we have really taken the reins on educating ourselves about like, oh, I can go get help. Oh, I can go talk to somebody. Oh, I can, you know, maybe take some medication. But I think that when it comes to grief, you know, when it comes to COVID, like, yes, this is one extra thing that we do have to deal with in addition to just being Black every day. But- One of the reasons why I wanted to become a psychiatrist is because I was like, yo, like if black folks, if we can collectively get our mental health together, like we could all vibrate at like a higher frequency and be like vision out of here. Like we could have our (laughs) mock necks on out here flying through space. Like just, I mean, just out here, just vibrated our like ancestral frequencies. Listen. Yes, ma'am. Listen. Yes, ma'am. So- Everybody, go go get go get the help that you need, please, please, please. And hey, you know, I know that we have listener letters. If anybody wants to, you know, write in and let us know, like you know, your before and afters, or even like your in progresses, like let us know. That would be awesome. That'd be so awesome. Yes, please let us know. Yeah, please let us know. So, Meg, thank you for being my co-pilot. This has been a great conversation. Uh, we navigated through this grief. We waited through it. We got out to the end. We did it, but I want to switch gears up and lighten things up a bit with my favorite segment, Pop Culture Diagnosis. Pop Culture Diagnosis is a segment where we take a person or character from a TV show or movie and assess their mental state, or as we say in the medical field, figure out what the hell is going on with them. Meg, can you give listeners a quick synopsis of the show Bridgerton and who we are diagnosing today? Yes, gladly, girl, because this is my show, okay? Bridgerton um, took the world by storm during the pandemic in 2020. It's an Emmy-nominated show uh, that was on Netflix, and it's based on, like, Regency era of England where eight close-knit siblings uh, of the Bridgerton family attempt to find love in London's high society. I love it. It's, you know, one of the things that makes it so great for me is that obviously Regency era of England is like white people, right? But in this fantastical world, it's very inclusive and diverse. Okay, so, that was my question. I was like, um, I don't know, this y'all. Ain't real, girl, it ain't real life. You know what I'm saying? It can be okay. real. But the fact that they it's so diverse is what made me actually like want to watch it. Because I've always wanted to watch those you know English novel books that have mm-hmm. been turned into movies. But I was like, it's just too white for me. So mm. at least this, I was like, okay, there's a little flavor. There's a little color. Thank right. you, Shonda Rhimes, you know, who helped with this. So, so we're going to talk about... Uh, season two's leading man, which is the eldest brother of the Bridgerton clan, Mr. Anthony Bridgerton. That's my, that's my terrible your, accent. Your British accent, An- Anthony yes. Bridgerton. Bridgerton. And he's <laughs> the oldest son. He's, in, he's, uh, so after his father died, he inherited the title 
of the head of household of the Bridgerton family. And, you know, he's he's got some of his own issues, but I liked how in season two, you know, you could see how grief debilitates somebody mm-hmm. with some of the stuff that's going on. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that. Okay. So first of all, I've never saw Bridgerton until, until now, which is interesting because, mm-hmm. okay, I have, when I was, I want to say nine or 10, I'm showing my age, but I'm, um, Amadeus came out and for whatever oh, yeah, reason, yeah, okay. yeah, for whatever reason, I love that movie. When I tell you my mom finally had to buy it like on a VHS tape so that I could watch it. I've seen that movie. <laughs> like I'm not even lying. Like I've probably seen that movie like 200 times over the course of my lifetime. I just, I love that movie. I don't, I don't know why. And I just really like, then Dangerous Liaisons came out. Then like, you know, there were, there were, there've been so many period dramas. Like if it involved a corset and a wig, girl, I was there. Okay. Now one black person around, they might have a black person in the background, like playing a violin or like, you know, leading a horse or something, but that was it. I was just like, oh my God, (laughs) I just love people in corsets who can't breathe with these wigs on looking crazy trying to be all proper and they are just I mean just shady and just I mean all over the place so then I started watching the crown and I love the crown but I think for whatever reason like in my brain there reached like a whiteness meter and like I couldn't deal with any more like British accents or like (laughs) or people who like wore uncomfortable clothes but were just being like really messy so Anthony, okay, how do I say this in the best way? So I have a boyfriend. He's awesome. His name is Peter. Now, I didn't know until, and I'd known him for 16 years. I didn't know until we got together that Peter has, <laughs> Peter has anxiety, like he has anxiety from time to time. And um, he's had panic attacks in the past and we've talked about it. But this guy, Anthony, reminds me so much of Peter. And I will joke mm. with Peter and be like, you, you a hypochondriac, you a hypochondriac. Because he, like, he, girl, okay, this is a perfect example. If we walk down the street, and let's say we're like in the middle of the street. First of all, I I I'm used to walking in the middle of the street cuz I cuz of, you know, me <laughs> being in New York, but he's like we got to yeah, get yeah. out the street. There could be cars coming. I'm like there are no cars on this <laughs> suburban street. So then we'll be walking and then let's say I want to say girl for real, like a foot away is some broken glass. He's like watch out for that. I'm like, okay. I'm not even near that. Like Oh, he just being he he is but i'm just like okay now like i'm not going to like i'm not even nowhere near that he's like watch out for that watch out for that watch out for that i'm like okay all right so anthony bridgerton reminds me a lot of my boyfriend who yeah. i love dearly and anthony is a very anxious guy and it and it makes sense he so as you mentioned he is the the head of the household he's the man of the house after his father's death yeah, and he's still pretty young, pretty young. Yeah, he's pretty young. Girl, I went through these scenes. His dad died of a bee sting. And although I don't have anaphylactic shock with bee stings, I have had to go to the hospital after getting stung by a bee. So oh, I, wow. I, I'm really, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this man is dying. In any case, yeah. his father died in front of his eyes. And I was just like, man, the, the, what, what year is this supposed to be? The 1700s, 1800s, 1800s, right? It's- I, girl, I can't remember. I don't know. Like, the, se- early 1800s? Early 18. Something like that. Something like that. 
But I was like, damn, this is back when people were just dying from like tetanus and right. oh, I stepped on a nail or and I was like, they I was I mean, they took it pretty well, but I was but I had the, got the feeling they were like, well, guess his time was just up. Just got yeah, stung by a bee. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Anthony's father dies of bee sting in front of his eyes, which is really just, oh my God, I couldn't even believe that. His mom uh, gave birth after his father's death. And and I mean, way, way to go, Anthony, for basically being like, like, first of all, the dude who's delivering the baby has a wig on. Like, all right, pause. <laughs> Take that off. Take Let's that take off. off. That just it's seems very- stinky. I mean, hell, I was like, you need to take that entire thing off. Um, it's nighttime, of course. You know, it, I think there was like thunder and lightning outside or something. The 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 doctor was like asking Anthony, well, you know, it's a breach birth. Like, what should we do? Yeah. And at the end of the day, he was like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not having a baby. Ask her. Like, ask my mom. Like, she don't want having a yeah. baby. Yeah. In a society where it's like, you don't, women don't make the decisions. The men do, even though it, it ain't your body. body. Right, right. Yeah, and the anxiety that he had—you can see that. Yeah, you can't do that now, but you can see the anxiety he had. It was just like this is the decision, like you know, because again, with with with, we're talking about grief today. He didn't even get to process his father's death. He got in a fight with his father. His father died. His mom's having a baby. Now he's got to make all these decisions. Mm. He never got the chance to go. Hey. Like that, this hurts. He right. just was immediately, you're the head of household. Now you make all these decisions. Right. And I mean, I don't I don't know about you, but I'm like, well, I don't know if I can make all these decisions with the suit on and, and these leggings on. <laughs> like I need to right. get some more comfortable clothes. Right. If we oh. if I'm gonna be making these decisions, <laughs> I seen him storming around with them uh with them uh leggings on and leggings boots and a whole suit top. And I was like, I don't know. How did people do that back then? Girl, I don't know. I'm like, was y'all I'd be wear- so ready to take my bra off, okay? I don't know. You had a course. You had- How did they live like First that? First of all, I don't even wear a bra, okay? <laughs> I just, I'm just like, y'all just, y'all gonna feel these titties at like a lower point on my chest than y'all used to seeing because I'm not doing all that today, tomorrow, whatever. So, um, I love it. I but, love it. But, but in any case, so later on, Anthony falls in love with this, with this chick named Kate. Um, and she's she's actually from India. She's Indian. And she's beautiful. And she ends up getting stung yes. by a bee. And Anthony has an entire panic attack. And she was like, yo, like, it's cool. Like, it's just a bee. Now, I'm with Anthony because, yeah. I, like I said, I've been stung by a bee. It didn't affect my breathing, but my leg, like, I got stung on my toe and my entire leg swelled up. So I had to go, yeah, I'm just really allergic to bees for whatever reason. And I never got stung by bees until, you know, I was an adult. But so I I definitely felt Anthony's like, you know, hypochondriasis, like his hypochondriatic, if that's even a word, episode. But she was like, Kate was like, listen, I got, I I, I mean, she handled like a champ because getting a bee sting still, it still hurts. It still hurts. Yeah, it still hurts. She is G for that. Yeah, no, she's a G. But it was, you know, if anything, you know, we've already kind of discussed. Anthony Bridgerton definitely has symptoms of anxiety. And we've seen him getting panic attacks. At one point, Kate says that he is basically, what does she call him? I'm trying to think of the, 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 oh, she's called him like a discontent. 
And uh, basically she was like, you're yeah. just always grumpy and mad and whatever. And this was right when when he started having the panic attack in front of her because she got stung by a bee. And then she kind of took it back because I guess then they fell in love or whatever. And, you know, everything, everything was fine. But but um, yeah. but I will say that, you know, the the portrayal of Anthony Bridgerton on Bridgerton was a re- was a really really good example of anxiety, uh, panic anxiety. Would you say prolonged grief disorder too, or no? Um, I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, because depression and anxiety can overlap, I would say that he. I would say that you know he had some prolonged grief disorder. He had prolonged grief. I don't know what how he was prior to his father dying actually yes i do because he was stomping around he was a really overprotective brother he was stomping around the house yeah with his yeah. sister so he had anxiety then he then his father died grief prolonged grief probably depression and then you know then we have him experiencing panic anxiety so he has he has some stuff okay. going on but they all kind of feed into each other um, which is why Anthony Bridgerton is a really great example on screen, at least, of um, prolonged grief, generalized anxiety disorder, and uh, okay. probably some depression as well. So good okay. job, uh, Shonda Rhimes and whoever else writes for Bridgerton, because that was a, a really, really good example. So there you yes. have it. So, yeah, so that's it for Pop Culture Diagnosis. We're going to have another fun character to analyze next week. If you guys have suggestions for fictional characters out there you want me to diagnose, hit me up on Twitter at Dr. underscore Imani or email the show at hello at ImaniStateOfMind.com. Thank you so much for listening to Imani State of Mind. Thank you so much to Meg for co-hosting. And we'll be back for an all-new episode next week. Let's keep this conversation going. Follow the show on Instagram at Imani State of Mind. And again, email us at hello at ImaniStateOfMind.com. This is a Crooked Media production. Our executive producer is Sandy Gerard. Our producer is Leslie Martin. Music from Vasilis Fotopoulos. Edited by Veronica Simonetti. And special thanks to Brandon Williams, Gabby Leverett, Milani Johnson, and Martin DeGroat for promotional support. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.